what's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q on One edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q on Ones, what I like to do is interview people. Sometimes they can be local entrepreneurs, or they could be someone um, who's doing their thing worldwide. Um, so it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story and what gave them the passion to do what they do or provide the type of service they provide. So please sit back and enjoy the show. And please be encouraged to share. A lot of people, including myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth, you know. So the more you spread the knowledge about the show, then the more people who can tune in and grow this thing and make it bigger. And it also gives more support for the people who I bring on the show who are looking to get their product or services out to the masses. Without further ado, let's get to the interview. He's the blueprint to being an entrepreneur as well as a doer in his community. From the Lone Star State of Texas, please welcome Mr. Mike Merriweather to the Talk to Q Radio Show. Mike, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Thank you for having me. All right. And you and I have communicated briefly, you know, at times via social media for years now, uh, but we've never met. A couple of times I was in Texas, but either my schedule didn't work or yours didn't. But I've always been a fan at how you've um, not only established yourself in the community, but the example you set for younger people as well. So when I came across your book, I wasn't surprised to see it. You've written a book before, but the reasons that you created this book is what I thought to be an inspiration to many. But let's start with the book itself. It's called Des the Swimmer, and it's a children's book. What is Des the Swimmer about? Well, Des the Swimmer is a children's book about my oldest son who taught himself how to swim and actually uh, became pretty successful in in his sophomore year uh, where, like, the last meet of the season, he, you know, he had a situation where the coach switched him out with a senior, and uh, they were able to to place third in that that event. So, uh, yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, like you said, I've been doing a lot these past few years and in the past three years, me and a couple of friends started that nonprofit and, and we really wanted to get, you know, our stories out and characters with that looks like us characters with black skin out there because that's a major issue when it comes to uh literacy and children having access to books that look like them. Okay, so as far as this book is concerned, what's the target age for readers? Uh, target age is, is these early readers, so I'd say four to six or seven. And the book is very well illustrated. Um, I saw that Trill Tones is the illustrator of the book. Um, have you two worked together before? How did that network come about? Um, That's my guy, Jason, man. Um, I bought a few pieces off of him. He's an artist out of South Florida. I was introduced to him by another friend, uh, by another social media friend that runs a nonprofit. And like I, I love this work. I reached out to him before about it. I wasn't ready to do it at the time, but um, pandemic hit, and you know, us creatives, you get to thinking and like, like, hey, let's get to going. And so I already had the books written. I knew I needed an illustrator, and he was the first person I thought to go to. Okay. And when you first posted about the book on Instagram, I read the reason why you said you you made this book. You said you did it for your son. Can you tell the people the purpose for writing this book? Okay, well, yeah, the main reason 
outside of having options for kids so they have books that look like them. But when I did the book, I wanted to do something different. So everything, um, all the profits, well, I'm not going to say all the profits, but the majority of the profits is going to my son's IRA. And so I'm doing a book for each of my kids. And so the money will go to the IRAs. I set up these funds because, again, when it comes to people like us in our community, a lot of times we don't know about, you know, wealth creation tools or these vehicles. And so I established IRAs for them before, whereas, you know, during my business, if they do something for me, I might pay them a little change, but I also put something in that IRA. So, like, I had a conversation with them. I said, this is your retirement money. I don't want you working as long as I have to work. I want you to be able to retire early and, and, and you just be, be fine. So part of this money is going to him and a dollar of every book is actually going to um, our nonprofit Black to Life. Man, that is great. I really thought that was pretty cool, the fact that the you were creating a stream of income for your, for your son, and that's pretty dope right there, man. And you have other business ventures and social events that you put on. I want to talk about some of the social events that you participate in that gives back to the community. One event was a year ago where you raised money to purchase 100 movie tickets to give away to children. And I remember seeing this online, and it just, man, it instilled pride in me to see someone actually doing the things that most people only talk about. And it, it inspired me to do the same, but on a smaller scale. I had some wonderful people in my circle make some donations, and we sent 10 to 15 kids of single parents and their parents to see Avengers Endgames um, in 3D. And I wanted to get more organized and possibly do something like that again this year on a larger scale, but COVID-19 kind of ruined the movies everyone, for everyone this summer. Yeah, Two questions. Plans, right? <laughs> I know, right? It just messed up everything. And so two questions. What inspires you to give back to the community and the less fortunate? And how do you organize and encourage others to help? Because the solicitation of support is where I need help. Well, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have a large a large following, I guess, on social media. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm social media famous, but, um, and I think it's just because I've been doing it for so long. Like I've actually been in the nonprofit realm for over 10 years now. Um, and it's funny cause I was writing about this today. Um, I had a mentor that, uh, encouraged me to apply for a scholarship and that kind of changed my trajectory. And so as I started to make more money, I always told myself, hey, if I had the opportunity, I'd give back. And so um, luckily enough, I've been doing it for so long that if I ask people to help out, people immediately jump out and, and help us out. So the movie thing actually happened, and, it, and it's something we've done a, a, a few times. That was something that was kind of, I want to say organic because, like, I I stay close to a place that has real cheap tickets. The chip tickets are like, I want to say $3 on the weekends or $4. And so, nice. So, yeah, so it makes that a little bit easier for me when I say, hey, we're going to buy, you know, 100 tickets. I can save, you know, for a couple of months and kind of plan it out. Or I can, like we did with this last go around, I got a few of my friends and a few people actually just shot us some cash out cast up some funds so we can get it. But I did that with 
can't think of the guy's name, but it was a, it was a movie that came out a few years back, and I was still married at the time. But I did that then, and so we did it again with Black Panther. Obviously, that was a big you know big to do about it. Most definitely. Um, but when we started it, then we had some judges jump on board, and they actually bought the theater out the weekend before the that Thursday before for a school, and so that's that's what made it even more. So we're excited. We're going to do it with that um, that new movie that's coming out about um, the Black Panthers. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. We're, we're actually going to do that. Judas and the Black Messiah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I already okay. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Yep. And it has Lakeith Stanfield in it. Um, I'm very very excited about doing that that movie. So, um, you know, I, it, it's one of those stories that you thought possibly would never get told. Um, yeah, just because it, you know it does involve Fred Hampton, and they've had stories about Fred Hampton, but um, you know I think this one, with it being um, Ryan Coogler on on the set, I think it'll be told correctly, and I think it'll be done properly. So we're excited because we're gonna do. I, I already hit the guys up. I said, hey, "Look, y'all know we're doing the same thing." After hopefully after all this is over with. Um, you know, we can get, get COVID behind us to get the, the the antibodies and vaccines or whatever is necessary to get us back to somewhat of a normal life. We can we can make that happen for a bunch of kids. That's what's up, man. I think that's great. I'm going to have to uh, see if I can try to find some 3 $4 tickets next time. So. <laughs> man, the tickets we got, because uh, it was not only in 3D, it was also a D-Box theater that has like the, hydraulic seats that move with the movie. So um they were like eighteen fifty a pop, so <laughs> Ooh, yeah. my goodness. That was that, was that yeah. night theater. <laughs> and yeah, we tried to go all out for them, man, but you know, maybe we can do do more for people if we uh scale back a little bit next time. But uh what you did was definitely inspiration, so I appreciate that. When you do it next time, man, I'll try to help with the fundraiser and I'll try to try to boost it. I I I've gotten um like I said Luckily enough, these past few years, whenever we've done fundraisers for nonprofits, uh, things have end up turning out pretty well for us. This last one we just did, we started out at five thousand, and we just boosted it up to seventy five hundred, and I think it's at it's at six on Facebook, but outside of Facebook, I think we're a little bit over sixty five hundred. So. Um, it's it's been fun, man. It's been a journey. It's not an easy one, but it's it's been fun, man. Long as from the ground up. I think that's great. And you have another venture called um, Baba Holistics. What's that about? Um, that's a CBD business. Um, started that about a year and a half ago. Like it was one of those things where I was just on Groupon one day, just scrolling through, and when those little spinner things came out, I kind of told myself, hey, look, like if another fad comes out, I'm not going to miss it. Because the spinner things, I, like maybe a year after I saw, hey, you can get these from overseas for cheap, and then everybody over here was selling them for $5, 10 I was like, I could have made a nice little chunk of change. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw the CBD on Groupon one day. Um, I started Googling, started doing my research, started reading books, and – Lo and behold, man, I, I ended up running to a guy out here that I know pretty close. Um, he set me up with my first little order, and, like, things kind of took off from there, man. And 
you know, here we are a year and a half later, um, established for just over a year officially. And I got, I'm, I'm really enjoying how I'm able to help people out with CBD. Okay. So when people hear CBD, you know, they don't quite understand it. A lot of people think that it's weed or something illegal. And um, CBG is actually something I'm unfamiliar with, but can you help people understand what it is and the benefits of it? Both of those are endocannabinoids from the cannabis plant. So, no, baby. Okay, but that's not your dog. All right, that's my my five year old, my baby girl. So she she's over here this week and she's just trying to get outside and play right now. Both of them are endocannabinoids. You usually hear about THC which is the weed that everybody hears about so much. Um, and that's the one that gives people the high feeling. CBD is actually what people found where you get all the benefits that you would have if you smoke weed but without the high. And I, I, actually, if you just extract the CBD from it um, without so much THC, you get a, a better feeling. So I'm not sure if you know, but Charlotte's Web, is something that became real popular a long time ago. And the young lady that um, it was popularized because of, um, she actually, she died at the beginning of the pandemic and she had severe epilepsy. And they found that because of CBD, it reduced the amount of seizures she would have on a regular basis. Oh, okay. And so that's where, you know, that side of it over here in the States kind of grew. But um, people in Israel have been studying the benefits of the plant and CBD uh, for decades now. And so now that it's legal in the States, it's kind of blown. And you see, you know, everything, up, you know, the upside of it. Doctors are finally coming around and accepting the benefits of it and the fact that it can be beneficial for some people. So myself, I use it on a regular basis for tendonitis. Anybody that, you know, played sports in high school and tried to continue on after high school probably experienced <laughs> some type of pain, <laughs> you know. So um, I'm not able to, to work out as hard as I can on a regular basis unless I'm taking my CBD uh, on a day and, day and night. So, again, it's helped me with that. It's helped me manage my anxiety. Um, it's also helped me sleep through the night. That's one of the major benefits that I get um, – I can't take melatonin for some reason. I'm, I'm, I, I'm one of those people that melatonin has a, a negative effect on. So when I do take melatonin, I have to take a ton of it, and I usually wake up groggy or I'll end up waking up in the middle of the night in cold sweats. I have no idea why, but that's just how my body interacts with it. But CBD has mm-hmm. allowed me to help out so many people when it's come to managing. Some people are taking it to help them manage their depression, manage their anxiety, um, like I said, that that day to day chronic pain that they might be facing. Um, so it, it's been fun. It was funny because my dad had his. Uh, I want to say he had a cancer diagnosis the year before, but when it pops back up, I had just started like really getting into it. And his uh, doctor had told him he was happy. He was taking it. He's in New York, so but actually smoking is legal up there. So he's like, yeah, I got my THC and I got my CBD. And I'm good to go, so it, it, I'm glad I was able to help him out on that on that front. All right, well, cool. And so we'll get ready to wrap things up. But um, you mentioned a movement called Black to Life, and let my uh, listeners know what that is and how they can get involved. 
Well, that's a nonprofit. Um, me and a few friends started, uh, and I want to say exactly three years ago. I've been passing out books in my hometown of Leeds, Alabama, for over, like I said, maybe about ten years now. Um, I started that nonprofit, and this kind of grew out of it. Uh, the acronym of Black stands for Bringing Love and Conscious Knowledge um, to Life, and so we got some books, over a thousand books. It was one of those things I put a post on Facebook that, hey, black men, I need y'all to help me out. Um, like I said, I think three years ago, some of the same things that are still going on was happening, but I just wanted an outlet, an opportunity for black men to so face in our own neighborhoods of us doing something positive. And so that was the idea behind it, and this is what it's grown into where now uh, we're strengthening underserved communities through education and inspiration. So We've been passing out books. Um, I think we're over 60,000 by now. By the end of the year, we should be at 75. Um, we've done initiative where we have men going to schools and read books in their community uh, nationwide. Um, outside of just passing out books, we've done the teacher grants, which we're doing right now. Um, I think we're doing 25, $100, uh, $100 teacher grants and we told him, I said, we know it might be, you might be teaching from home, but you're still going to need school supplies regardless. So um, we're trying to help them any way possible. And we're doing scholarships this year as well. So we want to make sure that these kids, the number of black teachers in schools is, is about 2%. And so we're doing our part by giving away $500 to black males in education. Um, and this is our second year doing that. And so, we're really excited about uh, some of the things and how far this has grown because I told the guys up front, I said, look, I'm, I ran a nonprofit before. I know how this goes. Like, sooner or later, this is going to be me. But um, the board, um, and, and led by our CEO, Jelani Bracey, they've done a tremendous job, an amazing job of spreading this mission, um, not even nationwide, but worldwide. Like, we've, we've had brothers in Nigeria, in Trinidad, jump on board and throw events as well. So this this has been been a fun ride. I think it's great, man. I really do. And especially um, anything that contributes to education. And when you mentioned, you know, black male teachers, and I think back to when I was in school in a predominantly white school system, and um, I can recall maybe three male black teachers in my 12 years of school. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Maybe I've missed one or two, but not many. And I'm pretty sure yeah. the – the uh, number of black males teaching today aren't that great either. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's that's pretty important that we try to put more people who look like us in the school system. Yeah, so, that, that's the thing. Like even outside of the teachers, like us being a part of schools and us getting into schools and going to read, like it's amazing that when you sit down in front of a kid and you start reading a book, their eyes, you know, you, you, immediately grab their attention because a lot of times they're not seeing black males in this position. Um, a lot of us do do great, great work when it comes to being in our communities and helping out. But when it comes to like just reading in front of a kid, they tell us all the time. They're just wondering like, why are you here? Like, what, what do you do? What's your profession? Are you a rapper or something like that? We're like, no, we're just we're regular people. <laughs> we just want y'all to see us reading, man. Like that's, that's the biggest thing. And I think, and hoping that that's changed things a whole lot. All right. 
And so where can people find your book and connect with you on social media and all things Mike Merriweather? Well, you can find me on almost all social media platforms, KNG Merriweather, um, Black to Life. You can find us at, I think it's just Black underscore to Life. But if you just put in Black to Life, Dot org. You'll find our website and you can find everything. The book is on Amazon. Uh, look for it. I'm, I just talked to my middle son. He's like, where's my book? So his book, uh, Sean's Summer Job, um, about him, uh, one summer he started his own lemonade. He had his own lemonade stand, and um, his book is coming pretty, pretty soon. I got the guy. He just finished the illustrations for that. And uh, nice. my daughter's book, I'm hoping to have it finished by her birthday. Uh, we'll see how that goes in October. But like I said, I had to write one for all three of them. And uh, my middle son, he's, like I said, he's the one that started the lemonade stand, and he's ready to push his. He's like, look, my brother's not doing what he's supposed to. So I'm ready to get this going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, their book, their, their, all their books will be on Amazon, available for purchase, and on our, my website, Bye Bye Holistics. Dot com. Okay, and I'll be sure to list all the links on the show page for my listeners to to check it out. And man, if you need to adopt an extra child, you know, early retirement sounds pretty good, right about now. <laughs> I had a newspaper route when I was fourteen. You can write about that. <laughs> I got you, man. I, I, I'll take a look at some things and make it work, man. I appreciate that. Well, Mike, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. It's long overdue. Um, like I said, man, I, I think I first came into contact with you on social media about close to 10 years ago, but this is your first yeah, appearance on T2Q. Yeah, that's been fun. Yeah, man. yeah. and um, the next time I'm out in Texas, man, we'll we'll try it again. I'll try to get up with you. All right, we'll make that happen, man. Appreciate you. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at talk to q and that's Talk, the number 2Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.